Welcome to Officially Unofficial, the podcast by the washed-up athlete for the washed-up athlete. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta. Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. We are here with the seventh-ranked prospect in the Colorado Rockies system. He was named MVP of the South Atlantic League last year, hitting 318 with 119 hits and 10 bombs. And most importantly, he is a former Big Ten guy. He went to the University of Minnesota, Taryn Vavra. What is up, Taryn? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me, guys. No worries. No worries. The first thing I wanted to talk about was you came from a little bit of a baseball background, had a little bit of an advantage over the majority of the people. Your dad was a Twins bench coach growing up for you. Talk about the experience that you had growing up and just being around the clubhouse as like a child. Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, it's been huge for me to kind of develop as a player. Uh, also, just kind of being around the game, understanding the, you know, that this is a, it's, it's a profession for a lot of guys. And uh, to be around that is, uh, you know, those experiences that I had were uh, top level. I can't, I can't even, you know, begin to describe some of the, stories that I have and uh, the experiences that I got to, you know, go have in my early on in my life. And uh, I'm very fortunate for it, for sure. Who was one of like the guys that you met that you kind of were like, just cr- like crazy about when you were a kid? Like, was there, was he on, was he the coach with Tory Hunter when Tory Hunter was there? Yeah. So he took over in uh, 2005, fall 2005. So 2006 was his first season, but yeah, Tory Hunter. Um, but Joe Maurer was just coming up at the time. He was a stud. Um, you know, Canadian background. Justin Morneau yes, was there. Yes, Justin Morneau was uh, was an awesome dude, and uh, uh, definitely, you know, stuck around those guys as much as I could. But did you grow a little bit of like a foul mouth growing up in the clubhouse, hearing those guys chatted up, little locker room talk? Oh yeah, I mean, definitely. You hear some jokes that uh, you know my mom probably didn't want me hearing uh, early <laughs> on in my life, but uh, uh, um, you know, I still remember a few of them. What would be a what would be a funny story that you had from just uh, as a child being in the clubhouse, uh, like uh, with Tory with Tory Hunter, Justin Morneau, or even Joe Maurer? Um, well, I got a, I got a story with uh, uh, Nick Punto. I don't know if you you remember who that was. Yeah, he's I did. a utility guy, yep. and uh, he uh, he and I would uh, you know be in the cage you know before the game, and if he wasn't playing that day, we'd we'd, we'd mess around in the cage, play a game of like tape ball or something, uh, and we'd just goof around and. You know, he it's it got started to get really competitive between the two of us, and it was really fun. So, um, I bet you, you know, if you were to ask him about that, he'd remember that too, because uh, we had some good games going back and forth. Yeah, and the, your dad also right now he's with the Tigers. Not a big deal, whatever. Kind of sick. Uh, did, uh, did a little part of you kind of want to go to the Twins in the draft? Kind of start a little bit of a dra- a little bit of a narrative, a little bit of a rivalry between you and your dad. Well, um, to be like fully honest. Uh, Part of me didn't want that opportunity. I didn't want, uh, you know, people having, you know, say that you know, I'm here because of my dad and whatnot. I wanted to, you know, make it my own name for myself. So I'm fortunate to be with the Rockies. Really happy to, if the, you know, if the Twins would have would have took a chance on me, I would have been happy to be there too. But um, definitely a little relieved that uh, I got to um, kind of make my own name a little bit. How many people have said to you, like on a scale of one to ten, like how many old guys walk up to you when you're out, like just walking around a major a park, and they say, "I know your dad. Your dad's a great guy." Does it happen all the time? Oh, it happens all the time. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of incredible. You can be in the middle of nowhere, and you you mentioned you, you're around the game of baseball, and you say your dad's name, and uh, there's a good chance that that someone knows him just because of how small the baseball world is. Speak about that. Your dad's a hitting coach. 
And I mean, I, I you've listened to a couple episodes you told me before. I was a Juco bandit, not the greatest hitter all time. I think I should do a content piece with your father, and he should give me, show me the ropes. I mean, just be my heading coach for a day, see some of the adjustments he'd make in the swing so I could maybe hit like 220 in Juco because I hit 180. So what do you think? What do you think about it? You think he'd take on that challenge? Yeah, well, I mean, both my brothers were Juco bandits, so uh, he uh, definitely, uh, you know, wouldn't rule you out and definitely love to get to work with you. <laughs> Just tell him not to look at my junior college stats because he would immediately say, I can't take this. is too big of a challenge for me. You need Barry Bonds to teach me. <laughs> yeah, no, stats are misleading, right? It's, a, it's all about the, the heart, so. Yeah, and you went to Minnesota, like I stated earlier. You're a gopher. Shout out to Minnesota Gophers. I'm actually a Big Ten free agent fan. Uh, the University of Michigan, uh, we had a we had a guest on here earlier, Drew Lugbauer, played for University of Michigan. You, I'm assuming you know who that is? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we tr- tried to get me to throw out the first pitch at the University of Michigan. So I'm pu- And obviously they didn't answer. They faded me. I, I don't know what's wrong with that. But whatever. Michigan, low-key, you're kind of dead to me right now. So I'm a free agent. I was thinking uh, maybe we can work something out here. I can go to Minnesota. I'll drive. Screw it. I'll drive to University of Minnesota. I'll throw out the first pitch. I'll say you brought me. <laughs> Sounds good. I mean, uh, I think you should probably put together like a whole tour. Just try to hit every Big Ten stadium <laughs> and, uh, you know, throw out the first pitch for every team. I always ask this to my Big Ten guests. So what's there's one Big Ten team that you must hate the most. Is it Ohio State like it is for me, or is it Purdue or Michigan? Um, I mean, you know, I think the, the Minnesota-Wisconsin rivalry is really big, but Wisconsin doesn't have a baseball team. So that's, you know, that's kind of the default answer for all the other sports. Um, for baseball, uh, I think when we were there, uh, we had, you know, it was a, a, a good run for us uh, at Minnesota. Um, but there was always, you know, a couple teams at the top that were fighting with us, and that was Michigan and Indiana. Um, Ohio State, uh, I think if they were, you know, a little bit more competitive throughout my career, they would have been up there too. But anytime you get in those competitive games, uh, you kind of learn to, yeah, really dislike them and, and uh, have that sort of rivalry. Did, uh, did any games between you guys get, let's say, a little bit chippy, a little bit chirp, mount, chirp battle going on, or was it just always clean in the Big Ten? Uh, no, there's definitely some some heated games. Um, I think my junior year, I was having a pretty good series against Indiana, and I got hit, hit in the face on the Sunday game, and um, I think that's that was you know pretty chippy for, for a lot of our guys. We had a lot of guys that didn't like that on our squad. I know personally I didn't like it, um, and then I'm sure that – there was uh, some sort of retaliation from our side that they didn't like too. So yeah, no, I, I mean I love chippy baseball. Chippy baseball is something I live for. If I have one regret in baseball, is to get in a bench clearing brawl. It never happened to me. I'd always dreamed of it. I wasn't a good enough player for them to hit and be like, "Holy shit, they hit Johnny! Let's let let's brawl." But that never happened to me. What would you would you be would you be face first in the battle if there was a bench clearing brawl in a minor league game? If that if that possessed itself. I mean, anytime, uh, anytime that you're involved. So if it was something where, where I was physically like involved with, I wouldn't, I wouldn't back down. I don't think I'd be the, you know, the first guy that's most excited to, you know, throw hands, but, uh, I wouldn't be, uh, if, if, if the situation presented itself, you can't, you can't run from it. So I had, I had two older brothers. I, I learned to, you know, kind of get scrappy, um, being the youngest one. So. I could hold my own, I think. Yeah, and speaking about your brothers, you, you're obviously a baseball family. One of your brothers actually got drafted, I believe, right? And the th- by the uh, the, the well, teams, by who? Both of them got Both drafted, of them by, got the drafted twins by the Twins later on. Yeah. So, is there a little bit of like, uh, do you kind of have a little chip on your shoulder to try to prove them wrong and say, "Listen, here, boys. I mean, I'm 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 the big brother now. I'm, I'm with the um, Rockies." Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I've always kind of had that chip on my shoulder just because they're quite a bit older than me. So um, I, mean, I think they're six and eight years older than me. So, you know, I, I was never, uh, you know, intimidated by them growing up and tried to compete with them when I was, you know, noticeably younger. And uh, but it's kind of, you know, I know that they're supporting me through it all. And it's never sort of really a rivalry with them. It's kind of just more so, you know, learning from their experiences and uh, trying to make my myself better because of them. So. Yeah, and you said you're you're from Wisconsin. Were you were you a hockey guy growing up? Were you a guy that's that, that laced the skates on and kind of get on the ice? Oh yeah, I was. I, was, I played all the way up to uh, senior in high school, and uh, you know, if baseball didn't have, if I wasn't given an opportunity in baseball to play after high school, I uh, probably would have played hockey. So, what do you were you? Did you have like college offers or like schools looking at you? Were you that nasty on the ice? Uh, I think I could have played D3 hockey somewhere um, in the States, but I think what I would probably would have done is went the junior route. Um, I was pretty small throughout my first couple of years of high school um, and then uh, kind of grew later on, and that's kind of when I took off in hockey too. So, Yeah, and going back to Minnesota, uh, let's pretend you're University of Minnesota tour guy, all right? What are the hot spots to, let's say, go out on like a Friday, Saturday night, like the bars that are going to be buzzing on Friday, Saturdays? I mean, for us, uh, it was a little different because the Minnesota campus is kind of spread out. Um, you know, we're over uh, kind of tor- more towards uh, Dinky Town, it's called, and uh, there's a there's a spot there called Blarney that was kind of our our uh, saving grace uh, while I was there. But you know, anytime you're you're spread out on campus, there's a different spot to go. I think uh, in Stadium Village or Sally's, you that one's probably heard of a little bit more. But um, go for baseball definitely revolved around Blarney for sure. Do you have like a, a funny story like playing at the University of Minnesota or even just being a student where it's like um, just something where you kind of step back and like this is so college right now. Like what I'm doing right now is so college. Um, I, I mean, really, our whole like travel schedule being, you know, a northern school, it's uh, it was crazy. We, we traveled the first seven weeks of the year. Uh, I think, you know, we weren't alone as far as, you know, the northern schools go. But anytime you, you, you get on the road, uh, every Thursday and get back every Monday, um, it, you just, you just kind of feel like, uh, that, you know, you're in a college grind, you're doing online classes and, um, just trying to, uh, survive, survive the classes, but also, you know, you know, take care of business on the baseball field. How fun, how fun, like, cause I'm an off field guy. I like to chat it up. I like to, I like, a, I'm a gel guy. Like I like to be funny in the locker room. Where, how fun is, uh, is university of Minnesota a party school? Would you classify it as a party school? Do people get after it there? Well, I think, uh, you know, anywhere you can go, you can make a party school. Um, for me personally, not my, you know, that's not my, not my big scene. Um, but yeah, anywhere, if you look hard enough, uh, wherever you're at, you can, you can find the party and, uh, you can bring the life of the party wherever you're at too. So, yeah, let's go back to baseball here. You actually played in the super regionals for the, for Minnesota and you guys tore, I, I believe you guys beat UCLA. Is that, is that true? Yeah, we beat the UCLA in the regional, went to play, uh, Oregon State in the Super Regional. Describe that, man, because that must have just been crazy to play. Oregon State, there's Adley Rutschman there, I believe, at the time. There's Caden uh, Grenier. So that, that must have just been crazy for you to play in the Super Regional as a Minnesota Gopher. Yeah, it was nuts. I mean, their their team was loaded. They had, uh, you know, I think probably five guys that could have won in the first round, uh, you know, in their respective drafts. And um, anytime you play a team of that caliber, you know, you kind of have to be perfect then. There's a reason they won the College World Series that year, and it was it was fun to be able to play them. Obviously, I wish we would, you know, surprise some people a little bit more, but um, it was uh, just one of those things you you had to be grateful for the opportunity to even be there. So, 
Yeah, and, and going to and playing for Minnesota, you obviously got drafted after your playing career in Minnesota. So the Colorado Rockies, which is just so convenient because they have the park where the ball flies crazy. I'd just be I'd be launching baseballs there in BP. When you got drafted by Colorado, was that something that kind of circulated in your head? Like, hey, I might have a few more bombs in the arsenal here. Yeah, I mean, anytime you you, you can help yourself out with uh, you know your environment, you know whether it's wind or um, altitude, it, you, you kind of get excited for it. Uh, Definitely, uh, def. You know, you don't want to be a pitcher uh, going in the Rockies, uh, ideally. But um, I think we got, uh, I think we got some good guys coming up that uh, are going to, you know, change that narrative as well. Yeah, and, and this also is a question that is a little bit cocky for you. I'm going to pump your tires a little bit, and you could be humble here. I'll just pump the tires. How easy is it for you to hit? Because pretty much, literally, I looked at your stats. At every level, you've hit pretty much over 300. So the baseball must look like a beach ball to you in every level. What is something that you kind of attribute to your success at the plate? Obviously, your dad kind of plays a big part in that, but what's, what about the mental aspect in the game of baseball? Yeah, well, I don't think hitting's easy. It's definitely a, <laughs> a hard thing to do. Um, I've been fortunate to, to have some success uh, in the last few years, but um, I think uh, you know my thing is just trying to be consistent, not trying to um, you know, ride the highs too well and you know, you know, stay on the lows too long. So just trying to stay in the middle. Um, it's easy uh, to get frustrated in this game, especially you know when you're in the minor leagues, you play every day. You're you're constantly reminded of of how you're doing every time you look up at the scoreboard. And I'm really trying not to focus on that too much, and just trying to focus on uh, going up to the plate and hitting the ball as hard as you can, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And was there a point last year? Like, do you rem- specifically remember a point last year where you're like? man, I am mashing the baseball right now. And just talk about, like, that stretch for you. Because I, I didn't look at the stats of it. Not too smart, not, not smart enough to do that. But was there a specific stretch for you, for instance, where the baseball was a little bit easier to hit than other times? Uh, there's a stretch at home where it's just, you know, you, you feel in a groove and you, you feel like anything they throw, um, if it's over the plate, uh, you can get to. And uh, when, when you start – you know, feeling, you know, confident uh, going up there every time, it, it, it makes it a lot easier. And um, honestly, I, th- I feel like you get more you get more pitches to hit because you, you don't rule anything out. You, you're not so, uh, you know, focused in on, you know, getting a certain pitch. You just kind of go up there and do your thing. And I think anytime you can feel like that uh, for a long period of time, you're going to be good. Yeah, and getting the MVP last year in the SAL, we're going to call it, because that's the short form for it. Uh, I just want to be the first to congratulate you on, gra- congratulate you on that because I feel like you haven't got the, the recognition that you deserve for winning that award. So from me to you, congratulations on winning that MVP award. Not a big deal, whatever. Um, what, what's, what, what's the, what do you get in the minor leagues for winning that? Like, do you get like extra protein bars or maybe like uh, a little bit more sheets on your bed in the hotel? What do you get for being the MVP in the minor leagues? So this is kind of funny. I think I won uh, Player of the Month uh, for the month of June for uh, – a ball or whatever it was or the salad league but um they gave me a little plaque and they gave me a box of potato chips right it's a <laughs> box of literally a box of their uncle raised potato chips but here's the funny thing about it is they came in they asked me what flavor i wanted and uh i haven't seen that box yet <laughs> I, I don't know it must be lost in the mail so and and I, I don't i don't know i got a plaque for the you know the the player of the month but I'm, my mvp plaque must be lost in the mail too because i haven't got anything <laughs> for that either well, I mean, it's just you hate to see it. I, I guess the player of the month is just a bigger honor than MVP of the whole league for them. So you're <laughs> telling me that they had potato chips on deck for you, asked what flavor you wanted, and they never sent you them. They're, they're still MIA. 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they got lost in Asheville. But, um, <laughs> I'm hoping that they show up any day now. So. Okay. Yeah. And speaking about that, like I I talked about you being like a pretty big prospect for the Rays. So I'm a big research guy. I haven't done this. I mean, it's not the Rays, the Rockies. I'm a big mm-hmm. research guy, and I dug down a little rabbit hole. Okay. I found an autographed Terran Vavra card. Can you guess what the price of it is? Because it's a little steep. Yeah. Um. I I can't even guess. Probably. I think anything, anytime you, you know, you pay for one of my signatures, it, it shouldn't be more than, you know, 15 bucks, 10, 15 bucks. But I feel like it's going to be a little bit higher than that. So. Uh, well, it, it is a little bit higher than that. I found literally t- like autograph cards anywhere from like $203, which is the low ball, to $1,567. Like there is a card of you autographed that says platinum, $1,500. So describe that. I mean, that must be just bananas that your card's worth that. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's probably more, uh, you know, maybe it's like a rare card that, you know, Tops or Bowman or whatever it is prints out, and it's like a one of the first editions or something, more so than who it actually is. But um, it's pretty cool that, you know, knowing that someone uh, is uh, that interested in uh, just, just a card with my face on it and uh, maybe a signature on there. So it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy signing autographs. Don't feel like you need to go on eBay and pay a thousand bucks for a card I, I i mean i'm you know do you ever see me rather than just you know wasting your money you can you can ask me for an autograph I'm more than happy to do that yeah and being in the minors last year you guys actually have a pretty uh, you're the, the travel for the sal league is pretty bad i heard right yeah we were in a good spot in nashville but um there's a couple teams that have pretty brutal travel stretches um yeah, no, that's what I was wondering about, like, the, just the travel. But let's talk about Nashville. I mean, you're in the one, maybe the most electric factory places in all of the United States. How cool is Nashville? Because I've never been there. So we're in Asheville, which is, like, oh, uh, four hours away from Nashville. So a <laughs> um, little different, but it kind of sounds the same. So easy to confuse. Um, but Asheville is actually a really sweet city, too. It's up in the, you know, in the mountains and a um, lot of stuff to do and it's kind of you know really exploding as far as uh you know growth so that was a cool spot to be for sure okay so i just want to put on the record that was my bad i thought you said nashville just my dumb brain assumed nashville my eyes lit up like a christmas tree when i heard the words nashville so we'll talk about that maybe when i get a guest actually from nashville so it's fine but something also <laughs> i wanted to bring up was you, you're being like two months away from spring training You've been through a spring training, obviously, last year. What is spring training like for a minor league guy? Like, are you a guy that's at the bottom? Like, you're pretty much at the bottom of the totem pole because it was your first year last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're in minor league camp, you're you're fighting for, uh, you know, a spot with, with everyone. So, no one's job's kind of safe. And, uh, you know, that that's for the most part true. Um, you got to kind of go in every day with that kind of mentality. But um, it's a lot of, uh, you know, reps for everybody. So, it's a, they're standing around and – um, you know, there's some times where you think you're wasting time, but, um, ultimately it's, it's, it's good for everyone because they got to get their, they got to get their opportunities and, um, looking forward to getting down there. Yeah. I'm looking forward to also, I mean, I, I might be pulling up the spring training this year. I don't know. Stay tuned everyone. But another thing <laughs> I want to talk about is, do you have a funny story about spring training? I'll start first. Cause I was chatted up with my buddy. I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to shout people out. I'm not going to throw people under the bus, but I have a funny story of my buddy that was playing in the farm system. Uh, some of the Dominicans got in trouble. So in the, like at like 2 a.m., the coach told him to go to the spring training field, and what he did was he dumped all the baseballs around the field, okay, spread them out everywhere in the pitch like pitch black, and he put the bucket at home plate, 
and said to he said to the guys that got trouble, I want every single one of you to pick the baseball up from wherever it is in the field after you guys find it and put it back in the bucket. So the Dominican guys are like, I'm not fucking doing this. Fuck this. Apparently one of them was just grabbing baseballs and launching it over the fence into the other field and pretending that he picked it up. And the coach said, did you just throw the ball over the fence? And he said, coach, I throw 96. I don't need to be picking up baseballs. So do you have a funny story like that? Uh, no, I don't have anything like that. But I do, I mean, I have one story that was, you know, funny for everyone else that was watching. But I remember we were doing a drill, and it was like my, you know, first day we were having teams working together um, on the field. And um, it was just like, BP and everybody was out in their positions and we were going through situations. So I was, I was up in first hit and run situation. I was the first guy to go. The coach just started throwing BP. And I remember I, it was first time swinging in front of a lot of these guys. Like the guys that I was with in, in my rookie, rookie ball season had seen me play, but for the most part, no one had really seen me play. And I remember I swung and missed at the first pitch from the, you know, from BP and I was just embarrassed. And I, and they, they made me, you know, skip my turn and I had to jog down to first base, you know, and that, you know, just, you know, shamed. So, <laughs> so that you, was, that was kind of a tough one. So you whiffed, you whiffed on the first pitch in BP and they made you just take the walk of shame down, down the first baseline. Yeah. They gave you one chance and then they, you know, said next up. So that was a, uh, that was a bit tough, but I think I rebounded. Okay. Uh, from that point forward. <laughs> yeah. And being a guy like that did as well as you last year and like that had had as much success in the minor leagues like do you get roasted by coaches like if you don't do some stuff and have you ever been roasted by a coach in your life period? And do you have a funny story about that? Um I wouldn't I don't know if I've ever been roasted. Uh, Rockies have a pretty good uh pretty good, you know, staff and um don't like to blow anyone up like that. But there's there's definitely guys where you, you see that um are struggling and not really willing to change. Coaches uh, aren't afraid to go and give them their two cents, and uh, sometimes it can get a you know a little bit, a little bit uh, you know intense, but nothing, nothing, no crazy stories there. Yeah, and let's go back to off the field for a second. This is something that I've always wondered. I've I've never asked a guest this, and I've always thought about it, and I've just never remembered. How do you get verified on Twitter and Instagram? Like, what's that process like? Like, what happens? Did you just wake up one day and your Instagram's verified? Because that must be electric. Well, um, yeah, most of it's kind of taken care of by my agent. I think the one day, it was right after I got drafted, um, he just sent me a text and said, hey, I'm getting your Instagram and Twitter verified. Didn't ask for it or anything, but I was not complaining about it. Kind of cool to see the blue check mark. So. <laughs> yeah, man, it's electric. Honestly, it's like the coolest thing ever. And take a, like If you think about it, like if people look back on this like 30 years, like how hype it is to have a blue check mark beside your name in these time and days, it, it just sounds so stupid, but it's just so sick. When someone has a blue check mark beside their name and they throw you a follow, I don't know. That just could be me. No, I think that that goes uh, kind of across the board. Anytime anyone follows you with a blue check mark, you pay attention. You give them a little <laughs> bit of, yeah, a little research and find out who they are, or maybe you already know who they are and fires you up. Yeah, and speaking about research, I actually studied what the MLB pipeline ranks you. So on the hitting scale, you're ranked 55 out of 60, which is literally like unbelievable. I wanted to ask you a couple questions, and you rank them on an MLB scale from 0 to 60. All right? Are you, is this, this is a good exercise I do with my guests. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. Your style off the field. The drip. The kind of the kind of the outfits you wear. To, like, the, the style off the field. Oh, man. That's probably not a good one. Pretty <laughs> uh, pretty casual. Um, Rockies kind of make us dress up a little bit. We got to wear collars to the field and, uh, you know, nice slacks. So, not slacks, but, like, nice pair of pants. So, 
Um, I'm not the worst, but I'm not the best. I'll probably say 40 on that one. That, I mean, that's a respectable number, which is what they would write in the description, needs room for improvement, which is fine. Yeah, we'll work on sure. that. Once you get to the league, we'll work on that. Now let's talk about the most important one, your style on the field. The cleats, the, the arm sleeves. What, what would you rank the style on the field? I've gotten better with that. I kind of got ripped on a little bit when I was in my rookie season in, in Boise just because it was kind of, you know, no swag. Uh, the, the Latins kind of get on you too. Like, they, you know, you need flow. So <laughs> um, I think probably somewhere in the same, same category, 40, 45, somewhere in there. I can get better for sure. That's fine. No, I'll be looking out for it next year. I'll be, I'll be watching the games, looking at the pitchers, and then we'll judge it. We'll go through a little half season see the update i'll update it for you actually the next one is something that is just you automatically kind of get this because you're a lefty is the pimp jobs on the home runs you hit 10 last year which is just obviously unreal what would you rank the little trot you have after you hit a bomb i think i only had one the kind of pimp job and that was in spring training um i'm you know i'm not afraid to kind of watch the ball for a little bit and jog um <laughs> but it's never i'm not not a bat flip guy not a you know, stare at the pitcher, anything like that. I had one where I kind of flipped the bat in spring training, and uh, I got a little bit of a hard time for that. I, that was the first ball I ever hit, so I, I think I deserved to hit that one or pimp that one a little bit. But um, no, I got some grief after that for a spring training game, so I, I told myself I could never do that again. So who who was that against? Was that against like were you weren't pipping it against the Colorado Rockies pitcher? Were you? No, 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 no. It was uh, it was in the, like one of our first couple games in spring training, so. Um, it wasn't bad or anything. It was just like a, you know, kind of subtle bat flip. And a couple of guys saw it and they just, you know, talked to me after and they're like, hey, it was kind of cool, but probably not want to do that in spring training. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, just, it would be more funny if it was against like a Rockies guy. Like you're playing a little inner squad and you launch a ball and pimp it off your own teammate, which would be, you kind of, you yeah. probably get to like fined for that, which is fine, which is cool. I don't know if you would get fined. I think, I think it'd probably be kind of encouraged, get some competitive. Uh, competitiveness going on so maybe we'll have to see what what happens uh start encouraging <laughs> that for our for our hitters it just if you're a rockies fan listening to this and you're at spring training and Taryn launches a ball off his own team and pimps it i want that video sent to me we're going to put it on all this all the platforms i have because that would just be absolutely electric the next one is something because you're, you're an infielder you got the you got the sneaky quick hands what would you rank your hands in the infield Mm, definitely one of those things I think I can you're asking all the things that I think I, I can you definitely get some improvement on so I'd probably say um, I'm confident in myself so defensively need some work probably say like 50 45 okay. 50 somewhere in there no so you're like you're like a 45 40 kind of guy which is crazy because MLB pipeline ranks majority of your stuff 50 55 and you're kind of guy likes to steal bases so when you're on first base, what's running through your head? Is it every single time it's like, I want to steal this base so bad, if it, but I don't know if they're going to let me? Um, you know, I'm kind of new to stealing bases. I didn't really do it too much at school. Um, but I know that's something that I definitely can, can do and need to get better at. So I'm trying to get more aggressive um, when I'm on first, you know, being, being more uh, active and, and you know, likely to steal base, you know, intimidate those those pitchers a little bit, make them make a good pitch and uh, be quick to the plate at the same time. I think that not only helps me, but it helps the guys behind me hitting. Um, they can make a mistake and they get a good pitch to hit now. And, um, you know, we're in, we're in uh, a good spot. Yeah, and I feel like the biggest thing with that 
is just you can intimidate the other team and making them think that you're going to steal the base by just wearing that oven mitt at first base. Do you notice that? Just the most random guys wore the oven mitt, and I'm, I'm looking at it in the stands. I'm like, this guy steals bases for a living. Yeah, I definitely that there's a reason I just ordered one. So I'm trying <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to add that to my you know repertoire. So um, we'll see what uh, see what that does uh, if it intimidates anyone. I don't think it's going to scare too many people uh, just because of the guy who's wearing it. But um, I'm, maybe maybe it'll you know convince one guy that I'm that I'm lightning over there. When do you usually hit in the order? Are you like a middle of the order guy, or are you up at top? Um, I've kind of went back and forth from, you know, being or a leadoff hitter to being a three hitter, um, spent some time in the middle of the order a little bit, but that's kind of, you know, top of the order is kind of where I find myself, uh, a lot of the times. Where, um, what about at Minnesota? When you were at Minnesota, you were probably the prodigy there. Everyone was bowing down to you. Where, when were you, where were you hitting the order there? Uh, I don't know about that, but I, uh, I hit three for, um, most of my junior year, um, started the year out, I think in the two hole. So, um, yeah, no, like I, I was a, like a eight to nine hole kind of guy. I was the sneaky guy that would just get always fastballs and would just never take advantage of it. But that's talking about me. What, what do, does your dad? <laughs> does your dad kind of help you out in middle mid season? Like, will you send him film and he'll like tell you like tweaks to your swing that you should be making or anything like that? No, it's never anything like that. I'm kind of you know definitely grateful for all my dad's helped me with, but he knows it too. He's 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 okay with uh, me hearing some stuff from other guys. And if I have questions, he's you know he's never. Uh, never going to shut me down. He's always going to answer. Um, but for the most part, he lets me do my own thing and, uh, he keeps, uh, you know, asking me how I'm doing if I have anything for him. But, um, yeah, he's, he's part of a large reason why I'm here and, uh, continues to help me, but it's never anything where I send a video and, you know, start to get too, uh, too into it with him. Yeah. Was your dad the kind of guy that would mash baseballs when he was like your age, our age? Cause actually we're, literally eight days apart i forgot to tell you that our birthdays are eight days apart not a big deal kind of cool but we'll talk about that later was your dad the guy growing up that was just hitting was easy for him that kind of made him want to groom into being a hitter or was he kind of like a bill belichick that he couldn't do it but he could teach it um well he says that he was a pretty pretty good hitter and from from the stories i've heard from some of his friends i don't know how how accurate they are but they they say he was a pretty good player he he played for the dodgers uh, in the dodger system um but he was kind of a late bloomer like me, so he went the D3 route and uh, got drafted out of there. And I think, uh, you know, there wasn't too much video back at the time, but he's got a couple <laughs> videos of hitting ball, him hitting balls over, you know, some trees. And uh, he, he likes to show those when uh, when his confidence is low. So, <laughs> Does he still swing it nowadays? Because like, obviously you guys own a facility, a hitting facility you mentioned earlier. Um, does he sometimes hop in the cage and shows, shows, shows the swing off a little bit? Well, we were just actually, you know, before this call, we were just working out together, and uh, he didn't take any swings today. He's, you know, he's, he claimed he had a back spasm going on, and that's why he couldn't. But uh, he'll, he'll uh, yeah, he, he'll definitely hop in and, uh, you know, take some swings uh, when, he, when he's feeling good. So talk about that facility, actually, because here's a free plug for you. Talk about that facility. Where is it, and uh, what is it about? So it's right outside uh, our hometown in Wisconsin, and um, – it's called Triple Threat Training. It's just me and my brothers. Uh, we started it up in uh, last year, and uh, we just bought the facility uh, this summer, and you know it's up and running. And we're just trying to kind of give back to the baseball community in this area. We knew that it wasn't uh, wasn't uh, exactly as big as uh, we would hope when we were growing up, 
and we saw a lot of room and room for improvement. Um, and there's, you know, a lot of good athletes, uh, from, from these Northern parts, uh, in the Midwest. And we want to make sure that they get the opportunities to get, uh, as good as they can at this sport and enjoy it as much as we have. And, uh, just, uh, be here for, for anyone, uh, you know, there, we got, we got pro guys that come in here. We got some college guys that came back over Christmas break and it's been fun working with them, seeing all the guys from around the area and, um, just getting to, uh, get to work with them yeah and speak about that kind of dis disadvantage that we have i'll say we like i'm a pro guy just being in a part of like uh being in like a colder climate and always having to train indoors like do you kind of feel that when you go to spring training uh, compared to the guys that are always training outside in the off season for sure i mean you right now it's 10 degrees outside you're not taking ground balls outside um and no one is and Understanding that, it, you know, you can hit inside as much as you want, but once you get outside and, um, you know, see the ball in the, in the you know, feel the real air and um, have the whole field in front of you, it's completely different. Um, and uh, we're not as lucky uh, this time of the year, but um, it's it kind of comes back really quick uh, once you get out there. What what was your uh, – this is complete – like, this question is going completely off the rails, but what was your walk-up song last year? I, always, I, I totally forgot to ask you that earlier. Um, so, in Asheville, you had to, like, burn your own CD to <laughs> have that as your walk-up song. So, I didn't I didn't go through that trouble to uh, have, have a walk-up song. They just played what um, – they played a, the same song for me. I think – I don't know what it was. But, um, in school, it was uh, Look Ahead by Future. So. You're a big future guy, okay? So you're so you kind of you kind of respect Toronto, little Drake and Future collab. So you, are you a big Drake guy also? Um, I mean, I'm I like music uh, and and I don't discriminate. I like any type of music. Um, I'm one of those guys that you can put on uh, country, you can put on rap, you can put on uh, whatever you want, and I'll listen to it and kind of mess around to it. And I just want to mention this because I'll, I'll give you a free plug. By the way, if you're watching this, you can watch on officially unofficial podcast on YouTube. The hat that this guy's wearing—I don't know if it's for the facility—is absolutely electric, and it just—I love it. I, I'm dialed in on that hat. Good for you. Is that—is that like the hat for your facility? Yeah, this is a, this is triple threat training hat. Um, we got them online. Go ahead and uh, yeah, <laughs> purchase them up. I don't want to—I don't want to you know get too uh, you know plug it too much but if you if you like the hat go for it yeah use promo code of fish on a fish for zero percent off of the purchase for the hat uh you might as well just pull up just buy the hat rep it rep Taryn. i mean he's a legend yeah. obviously as you can see from his numbers last year do you do you also like are you like do you ever travel to places that are a little bit warm in the off season because you want to kind of get that ground ball work yeah so i was in arizona during november we had like a fall development camp um but i'm going down to uh, Florida with my dad before the Tigers camp starts up and I'm going to work with him a little bit outside and then I'll head down to spring training yeah and talking about your uh, talking about your dad with the with the Tigers they kind of had like a rough year last year and uh is is there uh is there guys in that system that your dad has kind of talked to you about that 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 like he's shown positivity for and that he's fired up to like the future of the Detroit Tigers yeah I think that they're all really excited about it they know that um they're, uh, you know, in a tough situation as far as kind of talent goes, but they got some, you know, good young guys coming up and, uh, he's just looking forward to, he switched kind of roles this year. He's going to be the hitting coach this year, whereas last year he's kind of in a bench to bench coach type role. Um, so he's been all over the place trying to, you know, work with different guys. I know he went to, 
um, Arizona last week. He's been in Nashville, Atlanta, trying to uh, you know develop some relationships with with hitters. Um, they got some new players. Obviously, they, they signed uh, C.J. Crone and Jonathan Scope, big time uh, free agents for him. So he's excited to get to work with those guys, and um, hopefully, you know, the nice thing about a team that's not really expected to do anything or a team that's struggling is you kind of get to see uh, growth really, fa- really fast, and uh, that's what he's kind of looking forward to see is. Um, how those players can all develop. And what is the difference between a bench coach and, like, a manager? Because I'll be honest with you, like, I'm a big baseball guy, but I couldn't even tell you what the difference is. Um, You know, managers kind of handle the in-game stuff. Um, My dad kind of handled stuff like scheduling. Um, He handled a lot of, like, the scouting reports, um, getting them, you know, to players. Um, But they're kind of work – they coexist. They kind of work together to – ultimately uh manage the game most effectively have you been to comerica park because let me tell you that that's probably i it's obviously like four hours from me that is one of my favorite parks to visit just electric it looks nice as hell it's one of my favorite parks have you been there before so i went there for the first time uh, last year after our season was done and uh yeah it's a cool spot i think uh you know detroit gets a pretty tough rap and uh rightfully so in certain areas but that whole downtown area, they've worked really hard to kind of renovate, and it's it's a cool spot. So is a, is a little part of you cheering for the Detroit Tigers, or is it just like I'm a big Rockies guy through and through? No, I mean, anytime you have, you know, a family member that's uh, that's involved, especially at the big league level, um, you got you to gotta pull for them and support them. Um, you know, obviously I want the Rockies to do as well as they can, but um, I want my dad ultimately to to have success as well. Yeah, you were, you were number 27 last year in spring training because we were talking about spring training earlier. Was that like a little bit of a jab, like saying to Trevor Story, like, I'm coming for that ass? Or was that just they just throw you the jersey with the number 27 on it? Uh, yeah, you show up and they, they, they give you a jersey. You have absolutely zero say. I'm just kind of happy I wasn't, you know, like 87 or, you know, 103, <laughs> whatever number they wanted to give me. But So that's kind of like, I mean, that's a compliment. They're giving you Trevor Story's number, so clearly they're like saying, like, this guy's legit. Maybe. I mean, I, I think I walked past story one or two times when I was wearing the jersey and just kind of hope he didn't, you know, evil <laughs> I mean, as I walked by. So I was just trying to trying to hide the number as I was, you know, yeah, it's throw, walking throw through the halls. How, speaking about Trevor Story, is there guys that you met last year in spring training that you're like, like that you kind of got to chat it up with a little bit that are on the Rockies or like Trevor Story, for instance? Yeah, so you, you, the nice thing about our facility is we, we definitely um, – get to coexist with them, you know, you know, interact with them uh, more than a lot of organizations. Um, there were, there wasn't, you know, a ton of interaction because it is still split camps. Um, but I really just enjoy being around, you know, the minor league guys that are kind of going through the, the same stuff as you. And, and anytime you get to, you know, chop it up with them, it's, it's, uh, it's really fun. And there's some good conversations that take place. Yeah. The Rockies facility is actually unreal. I believe it's in Arizona, right? Yeah, since Scottsdale. Yeah, you do, you guys share actually your field with another major league team, I believe. Also, is it is it is or is that the Mariners that do that? No, we do. We we share with the Diamondbacks. Okay. Yeah. So, did you get any big league game action last year in the in spring training, or was it just like you just had to stay with the minor leaguers? I played one game. Um, it was towards the end of spring training. We played went to Goodyear and played the Reds, and I think I played the last. Two innings, uh, just on defense. I ended the game on the on deck, so I never got that at bat. But 
um, I did get to play in it. Okay, so this year is have they like talked to you about that, saying that you're going to kind of get a little bit more big league spring training action, or they don't really talk to you about anything? They don't. They don't talk to you really about that type of stuff. You just kind of got to uh, kind of hope that you get some more opportunities and maybe get some more at bats uh, off the big league guys. And um, you know, anytime you're around the the organization more, I think they're more likely to give you those opportunities. So that's kind of what I'm hoping. But um, yeah, they don't they don't owe any of that to us, so we don't have to uh, you know expect those opportunities. Okay, so this is the last question. Obviously, it's a little cliche that I'm asking. This sounds like a stupid media guy. What are the kind of goals or aspirations that you kind of have for next year that you've set, uh, just going into like the next or going into spring training? Yeah, so I think uh, I've uh, I got kind of hurt at the end of the last year, um, just just in the last you know couple of weeks, and uh, just kind of hoping that you know stay healthy all the way through. Um, we play 100, 140 games in the minor leagues and, uh, you know, the big league team plays even more, more so doing that I can be, you know, durable and, uh, you know, stay on the field and, uh, contribute to whatever level I'm at. Uh, that's, that's ultimately my goal. Okay. So, yeah. So just kind of st- staying away from injuries is your goal for next year and obviously hitting 318 again with 120 hits. Well, I mean, that wouldn't suck too. No, that would be the worst, but, um, I'm just going to, yeah. Take it one 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 about at a time, and uh, we'll see where those numbers end up. Yeah, I mean, I'm fired up for you next year, man. I'm just basically looking at these numbers. This is going to be bananas. Uh, we got to get you back on here, man. I really appreciate you hopping on. So there you have it, man. Taron Vavra, big big time prospect for the Rockies. Going to be going to be chatting up in the infield next year. A young Tulo, we're going to start calling him. Um, it was a pleasure to have you on, man. Thank you for hopping on this. I appreciate any time. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.